Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Two of the, two of the ways in this church that we, we connect and we grow the most is one, through connect groups. Through, through inviting people into, into homes and coffee shops and going to play volleyball. If anybody likes volleyball, Volleyball Connect after church today. Shameless plug. We'll be there. There's so many ways you connect. Another, another way that, that we grow relationships and that we connect and we do life together is through, through, through getting on a serving team, through, through partnerships where, where we can build the house together, where we can... You know, be out in the parking lot, helping people find a place to park, being that smiling face, greeting them in, like all the way through on the worship team. You can be on a, some of the, like, lifelong friendships, lifelong relationships happen through serving. And in fact, today, I think we had our largest DNA class ever. 29 people. Give us a wave if you're in the DNA class today. So good. People wanting to form those bonds, form those relationships, help be a part of the body of Christ. And there's, there's an amazing couple that looks after a big part of the process of, of becoming a part of this family, all the way from uh, the first time that you lift your hand to receive Jesus Christ in your life. You'll, you'll meet somebody from the response team. And then if you, if you raise your hand as a new guest and you picked up that high card and you got into the lobby... Then, um, then you'll meet some new people. And, and even when you take that little packet that the high team member gives you over to the cafe, it's all part of the, t- the team. It's all part of the, the crew. It's all part of the people that serve together under Scott and Kelly Isaacs. Amazing assimilations directors. And then you can come meet the Walters in, in DNA and have an amazing time. But we're about to hear from this amazing couple, and I want you to lean in because they have so much wealth of knowledge and relationships. They, um, I don't want to steal their thunder, but they, they, they spent over a year on the road in an RV just traveling around doing life together in a very tight, confined space. And their marriage is still thriving. Amazing. Mind blown. But I want you to expect today that God is going to speak something through them directly for you. So put your hands together. Help me welcome the amazing Scott Isaacs as he comes to kick things off. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, Thank you all for coming. Um, I want to say a quick prayer before we get started. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today with people that I care about, with people that I have relationship with. In this month where we celebrate and we reinforce the importance of relationship, God, I thank you that I have a place to be planted where relationships can thrive, where relationships can make me better, and I can pour into someone else. I pray that you bless the words that come out of my mouth today. I pray you keep your hand on Kelly when she comes up in a few minutes, and that today is um, an empowering relationship restoration morning in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You guys can, you guys can sit down. So I want to start, um, like always by giving honor, um, 
I want to thank Pastors Jurgen and Leanne uh, for the vision they have. Um, yeah, clap for them. They're, clap for them like every day, whether no one's around, clap for them. Because who would have thought that 400 people would be sitting in a parking lot, well, not, used to be a parking lot in El Cajon, hearing life-giving messages um, because of a vision that they had, you know, almost 20 years ago. So thank you to them, and thank you to Pastors Michael and Lisa for picking up that vision and, and bringing it to life out here in El Cajon. And we, we know that, you know, in, in the coming months and years that the, the, the vision is growing, and we're excited to be behind you guys on this. Um, I also want to honor my parents, who they, they come down anytime they find out I'm going to be standing over here. So... Thank you to my mom and dad. They, speaking of relationships, they just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary a couple months ago. So, so that's relationship goals right there. Um, I might just have them come up here and I'll go sit down and, and see what they have to say. Um, and also I want to honor my wife. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say in a few minutes. So um, Pastor Michael mentioned that my wife and I, we lived um, in a 39-foot RV for a year with our two kids, and we traveled around the country. It was an amazing experience, um, really got closer to each other during that time. Um, you know, if I didn't want everybody to stay at a Wiccan church, I would recommend that everyone in this room take their family and go do that for a year. Um, but you can't because um, you have to stay here. But it was amazing, and... Um, I wish I had more time to talk about that, but what I'm going to talk about today is what led us to that point. So um, we'll tell that story another time. You might have already heard it, but today I want to talk about how we got from where we started to where we could step out into um, a whole series of experiences um, that have changed our lives that kind of put us on the upward tra trajectory. All right. So Pastor Michael asked us... Uh, last Sunday if we would speak this Sunday. And usually it takes me about two or three weeks to get ready for this. So that was a, that was a, little, a little hard, but I, I smiled and I said, yes, of course. And he said, it was, it's gonna be about relationships. I said, good, I have a relationship. I can talk about this. Um, I ha hopefully I have more than one, but I have one really good one. Um, so I started thinking about what can I talk about and, you know, all the thoughts come and all the thoughts go. And I, I have this kind of undefined thing that I, I know it's there. I can't really put a, a finger on it. It's like this essence of something that I want to say. And I'm working on it. And I'm working on it. And I'm working on it. And I think I get it together. And I look back and I say, that looks like Scott wrote that, not that God wrote that. So I, I said, you know, so I like restarted this thing. And so today, instead of all that, I'm going to um, just tell a couple stories. So I hope that's okay. All right. So I want to start by talking about Adam and Eve. Um, if you've ever read the first two pages of the Bible, you've already read their story. You probably know what I'm going to talk about because that's where their story is. Um, but they, they are um, where I'm going to take my inspiration today. And over the last few years, um, every time I'd read this story, you know, I've heard this. I grew up in, in church. I'm 48 years old. So I, I've heard the stories of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and all the, the Bible, Bible, school, Bible stories since I was a little kid. But there's this one part that over the last like three, three and a half years, when I would read through this, as we're reading our Bible in the year, um, it, would, it would catch me. I think, oh, that's kind of weird. I mean, this all makes sense, but this part here seems like it belongs over here. And, and 
there's probably something to that, or maybe it was random. But who knows that there's not randomness in the Bible. So today I'm going to talk about that. Um, but as to set this up, I'm going to skip reading the first two chapters, and I'm going to just give you some setup. So by this point in the story where we're going to start, God has already done the six days of creation. He's created the light, the dark, the sun, the moon, the earth, the water, the fish, the birds, the animals, and he's created Adam. And at this point, he's brought all the animals to Adam, and Adam has the responsibility of choosing a name for each one. You know, this is a bear, that's a horse. You know, so Adam is going through that process, and at the end of that process, God says, and Stan used this same verse earlier today, he says um, that it's not good that man is alone. He needs to be in relationship. And God was walking with Adam, but he needed someone who was like him to be in relationship with. So starting at that point, I'm going to read Genesis 2, 21 through 23. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So the title of my message today is Perceiving Eve. So, so this was new. This was new for Adam. Everything else on the earth at this point had been created before Adam. He was the newest thing on earth. All the animals were before Adam. He, there was nothing that had been created since Adam had been alive. So this was new. And he says, I'm going to call her woman because that means taken from man. Which is really, if you think about it, more of a description than a name. Because, you know, I'm not going to call you came from Wisconsin. I'm going to call you Kelly. But, but he did, no one had ever named a female human before this. So he didn't really know what he was doing. So, you know, I have a little grace for the guy. But we, we all know how the story goes. We all know what happens next. We all know that the serpent comes and the serpent tempts Eve. And that she takes the fruit and she gives it to Adam and they eat it. And uh, God comes, where are you? And I, I'm fast forwarding here. You can read this all. It's in your Bible. Um, God, God, he gets to the point where he says, all right, I, I have to judge you guys on this. You know, to the serpent, you're cursed. Uh, you know, lower than cattle and all the things. To the, to the, to the man, you know, you're going to have to work hard, you know, to get food to survive. The crops aren't going to come easy. You're going to have to, to work for everything going forward. And to the woman, you know, we'll come back to that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But, but in this moment, when, when God is pouring out, not pouring out, he's stating what, what the consequences are of their actions, Adam changes, in, in my mind, in this story, Adam changes from the guy who a verse before was like, the woman did it, it's her fault, to seeing her in a new light. So I'm going to talk about how he got, in those couple verses, from it's her fault to giving her a name. So Kelly and I, we got married when she was only 19. So that was common when, you know, people, generations before us, my parents got married when they were 19, um, and they've been married for 50 years. Uh, Kelly just had her birthday, and we've been married for almost 22 years, so that makes her 29. Um, and she's going to be 29 again next year. Um, but every marriage, every marriage goes through a lot. We all have the thing, or the things that we struggle with. You know, we're, we're no exception. We were building 
what was at the time our dream home in 2006 when um, the real estate market started to collapse around us and we're in process and we're, we're pregnant with our first child and the house is delayed and the baby's coming and we move into the house the day after the baby's born and the market's already collapsed so we can't get our money out of the house and we, we were building it as an event. It is a long story. We were struggling and we had to fight through foreclosure. You know, we, we came out on the other side, but we had to fight through that. They had started the process and it looked gloomy, but we fought through that. And then there was, there was another time where we surprised found out we were pregnant with our second child and get all excited only to find out like two weeks later, oh no, you know, there's this, there's this loss that we had unexpected surprise and then it was like taken away. And then there's this, this hurt and this grieving, this confusion and not understanding. And th those are all things that, you know, people in this room have gone through, are going through, um, for us, our, our darkest moment was in the first couple years of our life, our, of our marriage, where um, there came a point where neither one of us thought that, you know, we would make it. We thought that the marriage was going to end. It was falling apart around us. Um, it was painful. And, you know, the, the, we we came through it. You know, it, it, you know by God's grace, we, we like, we, the light switched on for both of us. We started praying into it. We started changing ourselves to be what God wanted us to be. And we came through it. And, you know, I, I'm talking too long, but this isn't even the story, but this is important for somebody that, that when, when you're going through the thing, don't give up on it. Okay. Whatever that thing is, don't give up on it. We, we came out of that stronger than ever. This was, you know, almost two decades ago now, we came out of that stronger than ever, um, you know, loving each other more, desiring to raise our kids in a godly home, desiring to have kids, you know, we came out stronger than ever, but for, for me personally, the real change in our marriage happened um, before the, the RV trip. It happened when Kelly told me about nine or 10 years ago that she wanted to hike Half Dome with me in Yosemite. Who's been to, who's been to Yosemite before? Yeah, all right. Who knows what Yosemite is? Okay, all right, well, that's good enough. Um, so Half Dome is this big mountain that kind of looks like half of a dome. Um, and it's beautiful. There, there's, you know, the views from it are amazing. The views of it are amazing. The, the, the views to get there are mostly amazing, except for when you're on, you know, like 18 miles of switchbacks. But it's, it's an amazing experience. And I had done it before. I, I had done it twice. I'd done it once as like a, I don't know, a teenager and one other time as like a, I don't know, 30-year-old. I don't know what it was. But I had done it twice before and she said she wanted to do it. So I think I know how to do this. I know how hard it is. I know what she needs to do to be able to do it. I know what I need to do to get back into shape to be able to do it again. Um, but it was, it was the thing like, I think that I can help her do this and I can help her do something that she wanted to do but didn't think she could do. So that, that was the start of the change in our marriage, in our life. Um, but I want to switch back to Adam and Eve. So they're sitting there, they're facing the judgment of God for taking the fruit, doing the things they shouldn't have done. And God says, I'm sorry, this is after that. Adam's, you know, realized that, that he, he sees Eve differently now. So he says, you know what? In Genesis 3.20, Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. 
And that's the part that I was stuck on, that, that one verse. Why is that verse there? Why was it after the fall? Why was it after the, the judgment? Why was it after all the things where he says, you're the mother of life? And I, I, I couldn't figure it out until just a couple weeks ago. And um, it's probably obvious to everyone else. But it, it took me a while. And just a couple weeks ago, I finally figured it out. And it took me back again to this, this experience with Kelly on this, this Half Dome experience. I love a good project. Like, um, I don't love yard work. But I love, like, <laughs> I, I, I love the idea of having something that I know that I could take it from A to B and finish it. But there's been a lot of times in my life where I've made Kelly that project. And, um, you know, it's, it's not uncommon, I think, for, for one person and a couple of the other to think, I can, I can work on you instead of I can work with you. But I, I was there in that, pers- in that place. But when I was um, helping her with Half Dome, um, I heard God speak to me. And it, it, it was, um, you know, lead her. You know, like, yes, I can do that. I know how to do this. I know how to get her from A to B. And it was like, love her. It's like, check. Good advice, God. I know that I love my wife. And um, then he said, but not in that order. So, so that was kind of like a, a, a heart stop moment for me. It's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And it, it, he revealed to me that it means that, yeah, you're going you're gonna to lead your wife who knows that you can do the same thing with two different spirits, right? I can give money in the offering because I feel obligated, or I can give money in the offering because I see the value in it, like Pastor Michael said. I could help my wife with her goals because I want to accomplish something by helping her, or I can help her with her goals because I see how important it is to her. So, so I... I I ended up doing the same things. I would encourage her, tell her, this is what, how hard it is, this is what we need to do. And I would say things like, I know what it takes, I know it's hard, but I've done this before, and I know you can do it. Don't give up. So when Adam finally decided to give Eve that name, I was wondering, why is it there? And then I go back a couple of verses in verse 16. God says to the woman, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception in pain, and you'll bring forth children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. That sounds like a judgment. That sounds bad. You know, there's going to be sorrow and pain. But it's a promise, because in that, he says, you will bring forth children. He's putting a call on her life. And when God told Eve that, Adam was standing there listening, and he said, I now see what I didn't see before. Before, I thought she was from man. So I named her where she came from. But I see that God has called her to a purpose of multiplying and producing children and and filling the earth. So now I'm going to call her what God called her. I'm going to call her the mother of life because God just said, you're going to have sorrow, you're going to have pain, but you're going to produce a multitude of children. So, so that was the unlocking for me. And, um, I, I got to wrap it up here. That was, I've been, that was the part that I missed for a long time. Um, but, you know, going back to my trip with Kelly, there, there was things, two specific things that I saw unlocked in Kelly when we were on that trip. First and foremost, and the thing that, that changed our life together was she realized that she could do things that were harder than she thought she could do. That, that unlocked us to talk about things like, hey, 
can we live in a trailer for a year and uh, homeschool the kids and work from the road and, you know, have this experience that might not work out for other people? Yes. Can we move to San Diego where a house costs three times what our current house costs um, and it's smaller? Uh, yes, we can. We can do hard things. And that, um, that trip unlocked that in her. But the other thing that it unlocked in her was I got to see her calling. Um, we, we, we fought up the mountain. It was, you know, I'd done this three times at this point, but it was still not easy for me. And I got injured and it was, it was a mess. But we fought our way up the mountain and it was hard. But on the way back down, her, her calling wasn't to go up the mountain. Her calling came on the way back down the mountain when she would see the other people that were struggling, the other people that bit off more than they could chew, the other people that didn't know what they were doing and they were wore out and they had the wrong gear and they were thinking about turning back. And she lights up and says the same thing that I told her. You can do this. I know because I just did it. This is hard, but I know you can do it. It's so worth it when you get up there. I believe in you. I know what it takes. There's shade around the corner. You can rest right over here. So, so to sum it all up, the secret to a meaningful relationship with someone is really simple. It's to recognize that God has called them and to speak that calling over their life. So I recognized my Eve in that, in that moment on Half Dome, but this applies to people you work with, people, with your kids, with your friends. When you are in tune with what God is saying over their life, speak that over their life, and your relationships will change forever. So with that, I'd like to welcome up my wonderful wife, Kelly. you can grab your seats. Um, just so everyone knows, I am nervous. I am nervous. Whenever I get off the stage and people are like, oh, you look so comfortable up there. Like, I am nervous. Just know. <laughs> um, so I would like to start off by honoring Pastors Jurgen and Leanne for the dream and vision that they came and developed and lived for years that has allowed us to live in such freedom and growth in our lives. And I would also love to honor pastors Michael and Lisa for directly and just so beautifully impacting Scott and I and believing in us and loving us so well. So thank you so much. Let's hear it for our campus pastors. And then I also would love to honor my in-laws, in-loves, Daryl and Donna. They are, um, they are the blueprint that we based our marriage on. Um, they are what we want. You know, in 30 years, that's where we're going to be. So thank you. And then also I want to thank my husband. I mean, how do you follow that? I don't know. Like, I should have had me go first. Um, <laughs> And then also my kids, like it's been my greatest joy in life to be their mom and your wife. So thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, I get to do the altar call and the final talk, so I get a couple extra minutes. So I want to speak into that honor thing that I just did and that everyone does when we get up here. Um, it is more than just words. 
when we get up and we say, like, I want to honor pastors Jürgen and Leanne, I want to honor pastors Michael and Lisa, it is more than just something we say. Um, and I, I had an illustration given to me not long ago that when you stand shoulder to shoulder with someone and you honor them this way, the flow is not, there's nothing to flow down, right? You're just at the same level. But when you honor the people in your life that God has put in your life, that flow, when you lift them up, that flow flows down to you. And the blessing that's on their life flows down into you. So it's not that we're putting them on a pedestal or saying that we're, we, we we're worshiping them at all. It's that we're honoring that God has placed them in our lives as our shepherds and our disciplers. So I just wanted to speak into that. I felt like that was important to mention this morning. <laughs> okay, so my husband is the intellect. He gets up and says all this stuff that says, wow, I'm up and we're going to slay some devils. So, <laughs> um, I, over the last few months, I have been going through this process of transformation. I've been digging in and looking deeper at why I am the way I am. My husband says I'm a mystery, but um, just trying to figure things out. I'm 41, just turned 41, and um, I've lived a long time the way that I am. And I feel like just recently God has called me to put aside all the things that have happened in my life, put aside all the things that have maybe skewed my vision a little bit, and come back to what he has truly called me to be. And I've been sharing a little bit around this with some friends recently, and I am shocked to find out how many people relate, how many people feel the same way I did, and I thought I was the only one. How many times do we feel like we're the only one? We're the only one dealing with this, right? Well, so unfortunately for the enemy, I am going to share the secrets of the things that he is doing to people, and I'm going to share how to attack them and how to defeat them. So, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> so, um, I noticed a trend when I was talking to people, and it was people questioning if they were worthy people questioning if they were good enough. I've seen social media posts lately um, of people calling it imposter syndrome, where you feel like you're kind of faking it, like you're not, you don't really feel like you deserve where you are, and it's really hard to like come out from behind that. And then also, you know, people questioning like, am I, am I a good enough singer to be on stage? Am I a good enough keyboardist to be playing the piano? And then people looking at other people and saying, why are they married and not me? Like, what's wrong with me? I'm, I'm just not good enough. And that's a bunch of baloney. So um, we disqualify ourselves from exactly what God wants for us. And there's really no reason, right? It's just this little voice that whispers. And I feel like lately, it's just been highlighted to me how much the devil is attacking our identity. He's attacking that place of who we truly are in Jesus Christ. And this is not a new trick. This is something that has been going on since the beginning of time. He's a scoundrel. And um, one of the examples that I remember and think about is Moses. That sounded very Wisconsin. Moses. So... Every once in a while, it shows you guys. Every once in a while. Oh, you guys. Okay. Um, so, 
Um, the children of Israel were in Egypt, and they had been begging God for centuries, centuries, that is a very long time, for him to help them. And God answers their prayers through Moses. And he comes to Moses and reveals himself in a burning bush. So, I mean, when you think about that, like you're standing there, this bush is on fire, it's speaking to you, it's calling out to you, telling you this amazing thing that you're going to do. And what does Moses do? How does he respond? He argues. He argues with God in the form of a burning bush. And he says, who am I that I should go? What if they don't believe me or listen to me? I'm not a good speaker. I've never been eloquent. And he gave God this entire list of disqualifications, despite the burning bush, despite that it was the booming voice of God from heaven. And he tells God all the reasons why he can't do what God wants him to do. So what actually gets us to that point? What gets us to the point that we feel like when these moments come that God is saying, here's your opportunity, we argue and disqualify ourselves? Number one, and this is the, these are the things that I've learned recently. So if, you, this, if this resonates with you, I want you to remember that because at the end we're going to take care of it, okay? So number one, spirit of striving and performance. This one is big. And this one is sneaky. So for me, this really showed up in the point of, I can do this. I can do it on my own. And you don't really realize it. You just think, like, if you're an executor, you're like, yes, I can get this done. I'm organized. I can make it happen. But you forget that you should first go to God, right? You should first ask him for direction. I'll get to the good part later. And then um, I realized it was brought to my attention that when I'm talking to friends, and when I'm talking to other people, I ask a ton of questions because I don't want to talk about any of my stuff. Think about that. When you're talking to people, do you keep the conversation on them all the time? Because you don't want to talk about you. You don't want to talk about the things that you're struggling with. Never being truly, truly vulnerable about challenge, challenges because I didn't want to lose respect with people and I didn't want to be disqualified. How often, how often is that voice in your head saying, oh, don't share, don't tell them that, that's not going to look good on you? And that is exactly what, where the devil wants to keep you. And that, is, that will stop your progress. It will stop where God wants you to be in relationships. Like, there was a lot of stuff. I was Scott's project a lot, like so many times. And honestly, he could give me a million messages, a million sermons, a million self-help talks, but until I truly, truly looked inward and said, God, I cannot do this on my own, could I truly make that shift and see myself as God sees me? So, yeah, and that, it's not like, it's not a fun moment like to get to that point because you realize like, I have been living with this lens that has fogged up every experience I've had until now. And you're always in this striving and, and performance mindset. You're always looking for affirmation from people. So you're always thinking like, it's not that you really want the praise for yourself, but it's that you want that confirmation of, I did a good job. Okay, did I do a good job? Okay, I did a good job. But you know what, it's never enough 
It's never enough. You never feel that, that contentment with who you are and who God made you to be when you're relying on people to give you that affirmation. So number one, spirit of striving and performance. Number two, comparison. Comparison is a thief and a liar. That is, if you feel like you're just never happy where you are, you just never ever make it to where you wanna go. You're comparing your relationships with other people. Like, you know, oh, Scott honored Kelly so beautifully. My husband would never say that. You know, and that, like, that voice. Like, yes, your husband can say that, and he will say that. Keep praying over him. Keep believing in him. Keep believing in your marriage. And Scott's put up with a lot of garbage from me. So, like, just know it hasn't always been perfect. Um, and just, you know, where you are in life, the things that you're experiencing. Number three, and this is, I think, the number one just, it makes me so mad, is negative self-talk. Negative self-talk. You can be standing there smiling and taking the beating of a lifetime in your head. And I shared that recently with a friend. I said, the first thing on my vision card this year is to completely come out of alignment and completely cut off negative self-talk. And the moment that I knew that I had to say this was when she looked at me and said, I don't think anyone would ever realize that. I don't think anyone would ever think that about you. They would never think that about you. You smile and you're friendly and you're outgoing and just, I don't think anyone would ever think that. So I'm telling you, you are not alone. You are not alone. The devil is such a jerk. He just goes after and everything in your head and no one else knows. Be vulnerable, come out and say something. Tell people that you need help in that area. Let us come alongside you and pray with you. And if I know I'm battling that in secret, if I know I was battling that in secret, then I know that there's others in here that are too. I know there's other people in here that you have that voice and you're like, I just want it to stop. I am bound and determined to expose this lie of the enemy so that as many people can find freedom in this house as possible. So what are the things that we can do to overcome? What are the things that we can do to help shut that voice off, stop the comparison, and stop, stop the striving and performance? Number one, and this, some of these are going to sound simple, but really... There, it's so much deeper than that. Number one, spend time with God. Stop focusing on you and start focusing on him. One of the big ones is stop worrying how you sound when you pray. That was one for me. Like, I don't want to go up and pray in the microphone. I don't think I'm going to sound good. Like, it's just not going to be good. It's not going to sound like other people. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> God made us each who we are, and we need to be confident in him. And the way that we're praying, you're not praying to show other people and to pray so they can hear you. You're praying because you are going to the throne room of heaven for something, for someone, and it doesn't matter. So I would encourage you as well, like, come to men's and women's prayer. Like, people get so nervous. You see people standing there like, don't call on me. Don't call on me. Don't make me pray out loud. Don't make me pray. You know what? If there is any church that is going to come around you and cheer you on when you step in that center of that circle and start praying, it's this one right here. It's this one right here.
So stop worrying and just step out and do it. Like we're all so excited. We want to hear. We want to pray with you. We want to love on you after. And honestly, I pray a lot in my car. People think I'm just talking on the phone. Like, I'm praying as I'm driving down the, down the street, and I'm just looking around, and everybody's, you know, whatever. Everyone else is talking, too. I'm like, okay. But sometimes, sometimes, like when there's little things with my kids, and the mama bear comes out, ooh, I sometimes really give it to the devil while I'm driving, and I'll be, like, going after it, and then I look to the side, and the person's like, <laughs> I'm like, they probably feel so bad for the person I'm on the phone with. <laughs> But it's the stinking devil, so I'm just going after it. <laughs> okay, so number one, spend time with God. Number two, open up to others. Be honest and vulnerable. When, when I share with people the things that I've been through over the last few months and I just see their face, they either, their face lights up and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Or they just start crying and they're like, I've been waiting for someone someone to say this to me so that I can feel like I'm not alone, that I, there's someone else going through this. This is literally the devil's worst nightmare. He does not want anyone to know that now we know what he's doing. And once you know what he's doing, it's real easy to say, stop, stop. I am not listening to this anymore. This is not what God has planned for me. This is not the path that I'm supposed to follow and shut him up. That is exactly what we're gonna do. So, it's funny, um, Hallmark movies. <laughs> My husband hates Hallmark movies. I really like them. <laughs> and you, like, it will turn on and he'll be like, oh, husband, meet your wife, and that guy's gonna get all mad about something, and then she's gonna say this, and like in the first 30 seconds, he tells the whole plot. <laughs> but there always comes this point where the girl sees the guy with another girl, and it's actually his sister, but she doesn't know that, and she's standing there, and she feels so rejected, and then she leaves and goes to another city, and it takes months for them to come back and find each other again, and you're screaming at the screen like, just say it, just go and ask, it's just his sister, and it seems so obvious, like, it's just, come on, why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we put ourselves in that position of just keeping that mask on and not taking the moment to just step out and do what you know God is calling you to do? You can feel it in your heart, but you stand back and you don't do it. I am here today to tell you, step out and do it. You will walk in a new grace. The third is, and this one is my most recent favorite, pray dangerous prayers. Pray dangerous prayers. When you start this process, it's, it's hard. Like when you start going deep and saying, God, search me. Show me what things are holding me back. Show me what things I need to shift in my life to be the person that you truly created me to be. The dangerous prayer that you're gonna do is instead of simply asking God for something for you, you're asking him to reveal something in you. You're asking him to reveal that thing and usually the thing we fear the most is where we trust God the least. 
the area that we fear the most, for me, was rejection. If I step out and I show my whole self and I show who I truly am, are they going to reject me? What is that for you? What thing is down in your heart that you know it's in that deep, dark place? Could have happened years ago. You could be like me and have lived 41 years and you're just finally figuring it out. You're in good company. Like we're all, we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey to be who God truly, truly wants us to be. And honestly, he is just waiting for you to make that discovery and move on from there. He has a calling on every single one of you in here. And he has a plan for each of us. Can you imagine, can you imagine the impact we would have on East County if every person in here realized their true potential in Jesus Christ? We would not be able to contain the people. We would have to have 10 services in one day and buy seven buildings. Like, truly, if we truly really realized and harnessed that potential, we would be, I mean, we'd be busting at the seams. So most of the things that I've talked about today are heart issues. They're things that are inside of us. They're things that are hard to describe. There's been a few times that I've been talking to people and I'm like, I don't know if anything I'm saying makes sense. And most of them are like, yep, yep, I've been there. I know what you're talking about. But sometimes you feel like it just, it doesn't make sense. It's not like a physical thing. It's not something that's like easily measured. But it's something that is so central to who we are as humans, who we are as spirits, that when we push past that and we push past into what God has for us, we can truly come into relationship with God and people around us, totally who we're supposed to be, and not broken, not damaged, not with all the baggage from our lives. In Psalms, it says, you've searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar in all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That is a dangerous prayer. Search me. Break me. Build me. Show me. When you're doing this work as well, this is kind of the funny part. You, you sort of come to the end of who you are. You come to the end of that striving and that, I can do this, I can do this. And you really don't know what the next step is. I'm the type of person where I want an end. Like, I want to know where I'm going. I can make the steps to get there. We can execute and make it happen. But in this kind of thing, we don't ever really arrive because God always has more. He always has another step. He always has more planned for you than you could ever imagine. So it's coming to the end of you and coming to the beginning of him. 
It's stepping out of who you are, knowing that you can't do it on your own and coming into alignment with God. So I want everyone to close their eyes today. Let's just lean into this moment. Sometimes when you think about asking God to reveal things in you, reveal those shortcomings, reveal the the places that we haven't fully trusted in him, there's a fear that rises up. Will God still love me if he knows this? When the mask comes off and I am who I truly am, will people still love me? Will everything change? Ultimately, that fear is showing that we're relying on our own efforts and not trusting God. So if you've ever had any of those feelings, I know I prayed over a couple people this morning after the first service that said the same exact thing, I feel like I'm not good enough, I feel like I'm unworthy, like I don't deserve to be here. If you have felt any of those things, would you stand Would you stand and show that, yes, you have felt unworthy, you felt undeserving, you felt like you aren't who, you, who God has truly made you to be? There's a lot of people standing in here. So devil, we know your number. We know your games. And we are done with this. We are done with this. So right now, if you would place your hand over your heart, God, we come to you today. We offer ourselves to you, Jesus. God, come into our hearts, Lord, and make us whole. I rebuke fear. I come against fear. I come against a spirit of unworthiness. I come against doubt. I come against comparison and envy. In the name of Jesus, be gone. You have no authority here. In the name of Jesus, freedom to every single person that has felt unworthy, uncalled, not good enough. We silence that voice, the voice of negative self-talk. Stop right now in Jesus' name. We cast you out into outer darkness. We will not listen to you anymore, anymore. God, I release peace on every person in here, God. Let this be the beginning of a beautiful journey for them a journey of self-discovery in who you made us to be, in who you created us to be. If everyone else could stand. The funny thing is, we think we're hiding things from God. (laughs) And he already knows it all. He knows it all. He knows us inside out. He knows our highs and our lows. And all he desires is a relationship with us. That's where all of this begins. Many of us are already in a relationship with God, but if you're not, this is the point where you get to make that first step in this process. And if that's you today, I I would love to pray with you. Every week I pray this prayer and every week I get tears in my eyes because I feel so grateful 
I feel so grateful that every week I get to choose God and he chooses me every time. Every time. So if you feel like you have more broken pieces than whole, God wants to put those pieces back together. If you feel like you can't look in the mirror and smile at yourself, God wants to fix that too. So if you want to make that decision today and you want to serve God and you want to walk hand in hand with him, would you raise your hand for me? I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Who else? God bless you. God bless you. Who else feels like they are never enough, but they're going to start being enough today? You're done with that. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's right. So if you'd repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today ready to be in relationship with you. Forgive me, Jesus, and wash me clean. I want to be who you want me to be in every way. I declare you as Lord and Savior of my life. Help me to walk this journey with you by my side. And honor you all the days of my life. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.